Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and uh, with me as always to keep me mostly honest and slightly less drunk is my dear friend Sarah. Hello. How's it going Sarah? It's all good. Well, we're especially good today because we have a special guest on our show. Um, uh, we'd like to welcome uh, the two times Australian national champion and general superstar, Gracie Elden. Hi. Hi, Gracie. It's pretty pretty special having uh, you here, actually, because, like Sarah says, two-time uh, Australian national champion on the road, which hasn't been done in quite a while. So, um, you know, you're in some esteemed company there, aren't you? Yeah, I think... Um they said it was something like 20 years, so yeah, it wasn't something that was in my mind at the time, but something that's kind of nice as well. Well, it's pretty good any time you, you... Yeah, sorry. The, I was just going to say, it's pretty good any time your name gets mentioned in the same sentence as Kathy Watts, so, you know, well... Yeah, yeah, generally. <laughs> unless, for example, it was the judge saying, no, Mr. Wright, you must stay 200 metres away from Kathy Watt at all times. Um, <laughs> not that a judge has ever said that to me. Yeah, she's definitely got a pretty awesome um, Palmas, but she's also got some good stories behind her. So, yeah, Gracie Elvin, the next Kathy Watt, sounds pretty damn good to me. I think I'd, I think I'd own that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> cool. All right, mate. So you're actually uh, joining us from Doha in Qatar at the moment, yeah? Yeah, that's right. From the uh, Ritz Carlton. Oh, setting a nice standard for the rest of the season for your uh, expectations know, and accommodation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we really should save it for the end of the year, but nah, we get spoiled and then it's all down your whim here. <laughs> well, you'd think the UCLA would be matching this for Worlds, surely, you know, at least it's Worlds. Oh, no, we do get looked after. We, we see some pretty awesome places through the year. This is definitely a highlight, though. Cool. So, Can you describe it for us? I mean, what's it actually like being in the Ritz-Carlton? Because it, it sounds very cool. It's not like... Uh, it's not something out of, I don't know, one of those crazy luxurious TV show style hotels. But, um, yeah, it's really nice. Everything's really just well done and comfy bed, food, and all the staff greet you and you're treated for like royal. Oh. Definitely somewhere that you don't get to stay. I think that's a that's a big bonus when um, you know you're getting the key things like a bit of bit of relief from the heat outside, comfy bed. Um, I think I think those would be the two major ones, wouldn't they? Yeah, and there's also someone that comes around in the afternoon called the Cookie Man and gives you a box of cookies or a box of chocolate. So that's probably the highlight for all of us. The Cookie Man. <laughs> that's I am so yeah. submitting a request to HR at my work tomorrow. I want a Cookie Man. That sounds awesome. <laughs> And you, you know, you people out. start to get cranky when they're like looking out the door in the afternoon. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And they're all tipping him to get in an extra box. You know, it's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any spares, please? <laughs> We're cyclists. <laughs> We're always hungry. <laughs> we need double rations. Don't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. So, uh, this is your second time racing in Qatar. Yeah, that's right. Last year was my first time. And you, you actually pulled out a um, pretty solid run in the first stage last year too, didn't you? You got second? Yeah, that's right. Chloe Hosking just put me on the line, so that was the start of the Canberra Cup for the year. <laughs> Do you guys actually keep a tally all season? You know, and, and... No, not really. Uh... We're, we've been friends for a long time, so it's more of just a, a joke, but 
No, we don't keep a tally. She'd be beating me. She'd be straight the head by the end of the year anyway, so it's not worth it to me to keep a tally. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Oh, or it could lead to, you know, um, minor acts of sabotage to, to get ahead on the occasional... Uh, no, sorry, that's me. I'm an evil person. Not you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we race fair. <laughs> fair enough. Um, so what was it like last year, though, um, racing for the first time in, you know, um, Qatar's pretty different to most of the calendar because you're in such a, a different environment. Um, but the it's also one of those races where the racing's really aggressive and, and there's a lot of wind and, and factors like that that come into play. So what was it like? Yeah, I was really nervous. I heard so many stories about this race and um, it's so different to what we're, we're usually doing. There's just no shelter and if it's slightly windy, you know, you're going to know about it and the roads are just dead straight so it's just a gutter action race from start to finish and yeah, it's just nervous. People are excited. It's the first race of the year and there's that higher chance for crashes um, so it's really just something that you have to be totally ready for and have your um, full commitment in yourself and your team and and not break focus for the whole time. So it's really tiring, even though it's flat. Um, mm. To actually do it last year was an awesome experience, and to be part of a, one of the better teams um, was great. It was one of the first races for me with the team, Orica, and um, yeah, it was great to learn from the stronger girls like Luke Gonawai, who knows how to ride in the wind and in the echelon, and <laughs> yeah, she. When I got second in that first stage, it put me in that GC position. So I was suddenly put into this position that I'd never been in before. I'm usually a support rider, so to have the team trying to help me was strange as well. So, yeah, it was just yeah a great experience, and I learned a lot, and that was a great start to the year. And you guys rode so well. I mean, I, I felt a bit sorry for you on stage two because, you know, didn't you have, like, five riders in the break with Ellen and Trixie and 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 Kirsten attacking and every time you attacked Kirsten caught you how did that feel yeah the second yeah that was the second stage and then on the third and fourth stage it was a little similar she just seemed to just stamp down on her pedals and put out this crazy power and to watch the replay on TV, you're just watching it like, holy crap. <laughs> she just put, she just stamps down two or three times and she's on the wheel. It's crazy. So um, she definitely made us work for our, uh, our winnings. But uh, no, we definitely made mistakes in those races, as you would have seen. And to have five girls in that front group and to not win that race was not didn't make us look that good. So... Um, it was one of those races in the year we said, okay, we did this and this really well, but we did this and this really bad. So what can we do to fix that? And yeah. It, it was quite interesting watching that stage as a spectator because, as you say, like, you know, that's almost a dream scenario for, for a team to have five riders in the break. Um, you, you kind of, like, watching it, almost by default start to assume that you guys are going to win because how could you, how, how could it not go that way? Um, but as, as you say, it, I found it really interesting anyway, because, um, when, when it didn't work out that way for you on the day, you do sort of start to turn your mind to, well, what were the, the details and, and what, what happens for the team when they're debriefing about that? Um, you know, so, so can you share any of the, the sort of specific things that you guys 
sort of identified or, or decided that you wanted to work on more in terms of starting to because like you say it's also the first race of the season so the team's still getting familiar with each other and and figuring things out so what are the practical sort of steps that you take following that yeah you're right um it, well, we have um a habit of having a team meeting before and after every race so um all cards are always out on the table for us really honest with each other and especially when we have days like that where we did something well but then we did make mistakes it's really important just to talk about it straight away when it's fresh in your mind and mm. um, when you're still a little bit emotional and you can really say what you mean and um, nothing gets left um, not said. I think that's really important I think some other teams might struggle with that girls start to get annoyed at the other riders and um, then you start to get people talking behind your back and then it just doesn't work so I think that's one, team, one thing that our team does really well is we're honest with each other and always try and do um, better the next time. Um, but that kind of scenario, I, we definitely didn't think we could have won that stage. We didn't have a sprinter, really. We had Emma, who's, who could sprint quite well, and I was sprinting reasonably well, but we knew we couldn't beat Kirsten or even Ellen. So that's why we were being so aggressive, and it just didn't quite work. And, mm. Yeah, we kind of missed a few opportunities in that race as well. So, yeah, we just had to talk about that and decide what we were going to do for the next coming days. And I think we definitely built on that over the whole year, and that's why we finished number one. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you definitely did, because the next race was, was the next important race was on loop, wasn't it? <laughs> With on loop, noise flat, which as a team, yeah, exactly. obviously definitely won, and Emma was third, I think. And and yep. then, you know, and Emma's ridiculous run of podiums and you were just, it was like, if you're going to get it wrong, get it wrong in the first race of the year. Because <laughs> exactly. you just didn't have any problems like that the rest of the year. You were one of the biggest, most important teams out there. Yeah, well, we did have problems, but we always made sure we got on top of them straight away. And, um, yeah, I think that's why we seem to do well in every race and don't make the same mistake too many times. Is <laughs> everyone's really honest with each other and sometimes... We'll have a little bit of an argument in the re- meeting, but there's be no bad feelings at dinner afterwards because everyone had their chance to say something and say sorry or say, you did this really well, good work. And I think that's um, really important. Well, I imagine that's really important in terms of creating a sense of trust between uh, you all as, as team members too when um, you know, you're able to evaluate each other's performance but also when you know that it goes around everyone you're also able to own your own mistakes learn from them and move on knowing that you still have the support of your teammates exactly i think something that most of us can do well is admit that we were wrong Um, it's very rare that one of us will point the finger Mm. uh, before that person will actually admit or say sorry that they knew that they did the wrong thing so yeah i'm really proud of the girls for being strong enough to do that cool so where does this all lead you to uh to this year like what are the the hopes and plans for um domination at qatar yeah well we've got um mel hoskins here she's a sprinter and really good track rider so she's an extra card that we've got up our sleeve and um from all the results that we had at bay crits and nationals and then the santos Women's Cup, we all know that we're really strong and fit and we've done a bit of testing in the lab so we know our numbers are good. Um, now we just have to trust our instincts and and just see how the race unfolds and um, know that we've got each other's back and 
that we do have a lot of cards to play. So we're all really excited to get into the racing. Cool. Um, I was going to ask, does it help coming from the Australian summer? I mean, I know it's not like a, a full season, but particularly in terms of um, nationals and then also just the, the fact that it's summer down here, um, so you've got warmer temperatures, so going to Qatar's not necessarily as big a shock as it might be for riders coming from Europe. I definitely. Um, that's a, definitely a big bonus for us is doing all those races. I think we've all done about nine or ten race days already, and probably the trackies have done even more. So um, we're definitely a lot fitter and stronger than the Europeans at the moment. Um, come May, June, it gets harder for us just because you can't carry that through for so mm. long. So we do have to be careful as Australians to manage that through the year and pick our times where we want to peak. Um, otherwise, you just burn out so quickly. But, yeah, for Qatar, it's ideal. And with all the crit racing, it's great for the leg speed and strength. So, yeah, I think I hope the Euros are great. <laughs> you seem to have a lot of fun as a team. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was really, I'm a, I've always been a fan of Valle Scandalara because she's just so friendly and hilarious to watch riding. But like watching, um, you know, like like you guys, not just racing together, but also doing things like you know going to the track nationals or going to the cricket or whatever. Has it? Does that mean you must know each other? You must know the new members inside out by now. Oh yeah, we have such a good vibe in the team. Um, I think that's how we survived the year overseas for so long, not being with our regular friends and family. We we're each other's family and friends, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Valentina has been an awesome addition to the team. She's so much fun and she's got a great personality. And yeah, we've had a lot of laughs together already, and it's only been a couple of months. So yeah, we're <laughs> really happy to have her on board, and the rest of us get along really well as well. We can um, chat all day, chat on the bike, or we can leave each other alone if we need to as well. So I think there's a lot of um, a good feeling in the team, a lot of empathy as well. So everyone kind of understands each other and, and knows um, how to keep a good energy going and when to kind of stay quiet as well. You can't be on, like, you can't be talking all the time either. I think you just need to pick your moments and, yeah, I love it when we're at team dinner and we're all having a laugh and all the other teams are more quiet or looking at their phones. So we actually have a rule <laughs> to not bring our phone to the dinner table and I think that makes a big difference where we can really engage with each other and, we always have some good stories to tell, so yeah, nice, we nice. all love a lot. Do you guys ever do a thing where you like try to intimidate like one other team? Like you all go down to dinner and then move your chairs around the table so that you're all sitting facing specialised Lululemon or, or someone like that and just stare at them while you eat really slowly like, and, <laughs> and don't say uh, a word. Sometimes it looks like we're doing that, but, <laughs> but um, no, uh, we're, not, we're not trackies. I think the track sprinters <laughs> might do that, but... Um, not us. <laughs> that's a bit weird, I think. <laughs> I think that's the single best question and answer we've ever had. That's awesome. No, really? Oh, the track sprinters love it. They'll like stare into your eyes and it's like one of those who blinks first competitions. So I can't do it. I just start yeah. laughing. But that's that's what was best about Anna Mears versus Vicky Pendleton was that like you could you can almost tell which one of them's won before they get out of the track and they you know they kind of go around the showing them Mears and Pendleton sitting next to each other staring straight ahead in their mirrored visors. Yeah, it's so interesting, but it's a completely different game for us. A lot of us are friends within the teams, so I don't know. I could go and talk to Chloe or 
um, Lauren Kitchen or anyone on the Aussie national team. I, I made friends with some of the Italian girls as well. So, yeah, I think road cycling is definitely a different mentality and, mm. yeah, you can chat to anyone in the hallway. So I like that. Well, I think that's one of the things that uh, that we as fans also really appreciate about the women's peloton because, by and large, you're also um, quite friendly and accessible to fans via you know social media and and things like that. So, it feels like we get to see a little bit more of of life outside of racing as well as racing, obviously. Um, so I kind of it's one of the things I like anyway because it feels like it carries over. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I think. Um uh, social media is a fantastic um, channel for people to um, show their personality and create their own profile. As you can see, I've worked on it myself with um, my own Twitter and YouTube and website. I think a lot of other girls are doing it too. You can really, um, I don't know, create the person that you want people to yeah, know yeah. about. You can be yourself, yeah. but you can um, monitor it as well, and I think that's important. And to give a little bit of personal information is good too. People get interested and then they want to be a fan and if you can engage with them a little bit, then um, that's someone that wants to watch you race as well and I think that's where um, all of our media is going to come from is they don't want to watch Orica AIS race. They want to watch Emma Johansson and Valentina Scandalara because they, they know the people from um, social media. You know, So I think that's yeah. what's going to be the big thing for us. Yeah, and it's an advantage I think about women's cycling. I mean, I know. I mean, one of the reasons I started, we started doing this in the first place, was because you know there wasn't immediate. We, we, you know, we don't get to see so much of what we want, so let's do it ourselves. But that means that you guys get to really shape the narrative about the sport as well. You know, you've got much more control over it than the guys do, for example. Yeah, and you know, and you guys are really clever. I mean, your rookie roadie videos were so much fun. You know, getting to actually see what it's like, you know, literally going into people's hotel rooms and seeing yeah. them hanging, you know, with their, with their shirts hanging out the window. I and mean, how can you not like these people? You know, whereas, you know, you see the guys on the Tour de France and they've each got like 500 servants each and, you know, they don't even know how to put their own shoes on or whatever. It's like, it seems like a completely different world. <laughs> Yeah, actually, and, and that was a series that I really enjoyed. Although, um, obviously, word didn't get to you last year, but I was really hoping that for one day you'd just strap the GoPro on your helmet facing backwards so that we could yeah. just get a video of everyone pulling faces at you and, and giving you the finger or whatever from behind. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> I've actually awesome. got the favourites footage that I've, I had a camera on my bike for most of the races, so oh, I've been cool. a bit lazy. I haven't edited it properly yet, but that'll go up soon and oh, yeah awesome. see some of the girls suffering behind me <laughs> excellent um and do you have plans for what you're going to do um this year video wise are you going to do more videos because you're obviously not the rookie rookie roadie anymore so no well actually that's what i wanted you guys to help me with today because i, I need some more so ideas ho- i was so hoping that you're gonna say that because i've got a <laughs> list um, <laughs> really, I'd love to hear it because I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I want to maybe change it up a little bit. I don't think I'll be writing as many race reports or I might change the way I do my videos as well. Well, so I think instead of race do. reports, what you should do is a video with sock puppets where you just reenact the, <laughs> the each race with different well, colored socks Well, I thought about that. You know those little cycling figurines that you can get in Belgium? I was thinking yep. of getting some of those. Yeah, yeah get, a, get a set of those. <laughs> like the <laughs> or, or, or finger puppets, and then you can just um, paint them up with the, the coloured kits for different teams. I think that would be awesome. Or maybe use different pieces of fruit. Um, yeah. 
Anything, anything with props, I'm a big fan of. All right, yeah. I'll see what I can do. What about you, Sarah? What do you? I don't know. I, mean, I, I think. See, what makes me happy is is not so much the race reports, but just more like the little stories and the little anecdotes. You know, the things of like. I mean, I'm a big fan of Miranda Vries's blogs, where she's, you know, where she'll just like tell a story about something she saw on the race day or something, you know, or, or whatever. But those, um, yeah. I mean, your your race reports were always really great, but I can completely. Yeah, do do whatever you want, really, because well, my, I think anything that you enjoy, everyone else will enjoy. But we'll ask, we'll ask people, we'll ask absolutely. anyone, anyone who's um, anyone who's got an idea for Gracie, send it to her. God damn it! Yep, or leave us a comment, or hit us on Twitter, or, or whatever. I did have one other suggestion for you though, Gracie, which was um, like super short peloton interviews. I don't know if you guys ever heard it, but back in like the mid two thousands, Dave Zabriskie was doing. Um, audio stuff from the peloton and he really? would he would do the world's shortest interviews and like because everyone knows that dave zabriskie is basically insane um <laughs> so he would literally roll up next to to someone in the peloton and it'd be like today i'm interviewing you know uh world famous all-american superstar george hincapie hey george and george would be like uh-huh and that would be it that would be the interview <laughs> so a video version of that would be awesome was that actually? Oh, but that actually. Sorry. Was that in a race? Um, I, I honestly, I don't actually recall. I think it was a mix of training rides, and I, I'm sure he did at least one in a race. Yeah. But actually, you know what? Yeah. What I love, what I loved about Orica, those those ridiculous Tiffany Cromwell videos. I'm gonna say ridiculous because I loved them. Um, that that you had a couple of those. Those were hilarious too, and also harassing your teammates, each other's teammates about. Um, you know, what's your favourite animal noise? That was brilliant. That was genius. I loved it. That might have been before your time, but I loved it. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I think we just got to get some quirky stuff like that going. It's more interesting. Definitely, definitely. And then um, I, I think maybe just, um, you know, as much green screen effects and, and stuff as possible. Throw <laughs> random, random dinosaurs in the background and um, exploding volcanoes and maybe aliens <laughs> with lasers. <laughs> You're so going to regret asking. I have a a fluid relationship with reality. That's all I'm going to admit. (laughs) Or someone just right really far in the background picking their nose. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you think. That's awesome. Sneak in in and take, you know, whichever of your teammates snores the most, you know, kind of that sort of thing, you know, kind of, yeah, Yeah. that's what we'd like. Actually, actually, we're ghosting again. Didn't Carly? Oh, we're going to do some ghosting videos. Right. I was going to say, Carly kind of um, kicked off the the creeping on your teammates while they're sleeping photos, didn't she? So, um, (laughs) you know, for those who aren't in the know, um, Carly Taylor tweeted a picture of Gracie falling asleep uh, on arrival in Qatar yesterday. Oh, that was actually Jesse. Oh, was it? Oh, shit. Got it wrong. Um, Still, anyway, photos um, of teammates asleep, which not. Yeah, I'm waiting to get her back. I'm yeah. waiting until she least expects it. Not creepy at all. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Jessie's Jessie's lovely, but she has got a really strong evil streak to her, hasn't she? I wouldn't call it evil. I don't know. I love her. Hilarious. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> when I woke up though, she said, "Oh, I was actually being a little bit creepy, and I took a photo of you when you were sleeping." But she left it at that. She let me get on my computer and go through Twitter for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that she'd actually 
actually put it online. Well, to be fair, that is actually that's actually better than waking up to her stroking your hair, going "my precious" or something like that. Would be really freaky. So that's a bit later in the year when we've been away for a little bit too long. So that's that's that slump around June. You're saying when everyone's just a bit tired. Yep. Just need some love, okay? (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Um, oh. Wow, I feel like we've gotten to a really awkward place by mistake. <laughs> I'm not sure how to find our way back, but let's give it a get, go. Get back, get back to us and Hershey Kathy Watts. That can't possibly go wrong. Oh. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your cycling heroes? Who would you most like to be when you grow up? Oh, I don't know. I've been watching the Tour de France since I can remember, and... I don't know, I was just every year watching it as a, a young teenager, I just was so enamored by these riders and these amazing things that they were doing. And, and then once I realized that there was girls doing this stuff as well, I started to follow more of that. And, and I was a mountain biker for quite a long time, so I really idolized some of those girls, like uh, Gunrita Dahl, who was the Norwegian mm. woman who yeah. everything for a while. and. She did those awesome North Wave ads. I don't know if you ever saw them. Um, I don't know. She was just one of those really cool people. It was good looking and rode awesome, and she seemed to have a good personality as well. Cool. And nowadays, um, I know I look up to the girls that really just um, get on with the job and ride fair, like Ellen Van Dyke. She's she's a bit like me in that we're a bigger framed person. And, it just takes a bit more time to get stronger and get better. And now she's reached that point where she's one of the best mm. in the world. She can even climb. She can do everything. So mm. definitely someone like her has yeah. just taken her time and, and been healthy. And, and just now she's just super strong and almost she'll be one of those people that's so hard to beat. So I'd love to be like her. Great. And w- what about within the team? I mean, as you mentioned, you started with Orica last year. Um, now, obviously, you'd ridden the year before with um, Jayco AIS for part of the year and then Farron Honda, but um, I assume getting um, a, a year-long contract with Oreca last year was, was a bit different again. Um, do you want to talk us through what that sort of transition from Jayco to Farron to Oreca was like? Yeah, um, well, I've been riding for such a long time now, it's a bit different in my eyes, but I think a lot of people from the outside have seen my um, pathway as roadie has been quite fast but to me it's been pretty slow <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to be a pro since I was about 13 or 14 so now I'm 25 it's kind of like oh finally here but yeah um, I, I don't know if you heard about the uh, Aussie women's AIS selection camp Yep. Um, so I did that in 2011 and that's how I got my AIS scholarship and rode with the national team for that first half of the season in 2012 and learnt a lot, I'd never really done any of those races in Europe so big eye opener to race Mm. in a bunch of 150 or so girls and on tiny Dutch roads and (laughs) yeah I loved it though and then um, I was supposed to go home in June and our Head coach Martin Barras said, I think you should stay longer and try and uh, qualify for Worlds. I think we'll really consider you if you stay and I can get you in touch with 
Farr and Honda who were looking for another rider. That was um, Rochelle Gilmore's team at the time. So there was mm -hmm. a good Aussie connection there. And it was really great to be outside of the national team system and uh, be in an Italian system. I'm sure you've heard reputation of Italian teams. <laughs> um, no, why, whatever could you possibly mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, this phone Honda was pretty well run and they looked after me and Nicole Cook and Rochelle Gilmore made sure I was comfortable and um, always knew what was going on because I mm. everything was in Italian team meetings, dinner conversations, so I had to really pick it up really quickly and... Um, <laughs> They looked after me and I, I learned a lot more again and it was nice then to go back to the Aussie system and really appreciate it. So, yeah, I think that was a great experience and I think a lot of Aussie girls should go and do things on their own for a while as well. Uh -huh. so, um, it yeah. just makes you appreciate how good you get treated in the Aussie system, in an Aussie team. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting also because I, I, I think there have been several writers who have started to do that too. I mean, almost from the opposite side, uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini moving away from the Italian system, um, you know, deliberately to expose herself and, and get more experience outside of, of the comfort of, of what she already knew, I guess. Yeah, so. definitely, and that's what Valentina has done as well. I think she said in a few interviews that she really enjoyed being with the Cipollini team and there was no other team that she would change to except for Orica AIS because she knew she'd seen us race and she'd seen us off the bike as well and she knew how well we worked together and, and when we asked her to be on the team, I think she was really happy, surprised but happy and she said yes straight away. Cool. Now she's outside of that battalion system and she's really um, reveling in it and enjoying it. So she's had a good good and bad times with the Italian teams. Mm. Um, that's her own stories to tell, but yeah, no, she's really happy and I think it's important for any rider to experience different teams. So. Cool. And how's it gone with your progression then moving into to Orica? And as you say, you're mostly riding domestic duties, um, but you're riding alongside some, some quite senior and experienced people like Emma Johansson and Luce and, and various others. So um, one of the things that I'm always curious about is um, how that role works for you on a day-to-day -day and what your sort of experience is. I mean, we're kind of familiar with the, the functional aspect of, of that sort of support riding role and why it's important and that sort of thing. But what is it that you get out of it as a rider um, that you're learning and, and, you know, getting from the, the people that you're riding with and for? Yeah, it's really it's such an interesting um, dynamic in cycling. It's really hard to explain to people that don't get the whole team aspect of it. Mm. My grandma's always asking me, but why don't you just win? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> and I have to explain it to her every time. Mm. But uh, no, there is so much satisfaction out of it. And like I said, I was a mountain biker for um, five years and it was a great sport, but it's, it gets really lonely even though you, you might be traveling with the team. You you don't work as a team when you're in the race. And, mm. uh, to finish a race in a road team and if you've won or lost, you know that you've all worked for each other and you've held a wheel that you didn't think you could hold just because you know that your teammates are, are depending on you to do it. And um, it's 
amazing how much more you can push yourself when it's for other people. Mm. And then when you do win, it's it feels like you're you're the one that won because you helped the girl that did win. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a pretty awesome feeling. And to learn from girls like Emma and Luce has been awesome. And for them to kind of tell you that you are doing the right thing, that um, your instincts are right, that's also a really cool thing as well just to get that head nod from them it's really fun yeah and you see i mean i guess i guess the the other interesting thing must be going you know going back to aussie and and having the chance to win for yourself as well is that it how does that feel after you know after you've worked for other people and then being right you're the you're the you're the protected rider is that was that a shock or was it or was it just Um, nice to be honest a lot of the races that we do in europe it's all in you know probably um, 50% of the time we'll say okay today we ride for Emma especially if it's a tour and it's more about GC but a lot of the one day yeah. races we do we say okay everyone's good anyone can win this this is what the goal is you know it doesn't matter who wins so um, halfway through a race you'll become a support rider but at the start of the race we'll have a team plan yeah. but usually the team plan is to get someone in a break and it doesn't matter who it is because most of us could win small breakaway and that's really fun as well so yeah it's not always about one or two people for the whole year we all get a chance and yeah there's no one feels like they're getting left out so even when we come back to Australia it's it's not that different yeah yeah I mean it's awesome I I guess that's the thing about Omloop I mean that makes you a stronger team as well like all those times where actually you've got three of you in the break you're attacking you come back someone else attacks they may stay away and it's just it's it's much about luck and about making your own luck and I love that really yeah. really love that about your team because you it definitely feels like that with you guys yeah and I think the last two years that I've won at the national champs it's been um we've won it as a team it wasn't really just me because we've all been we've all put our best foot forward and said no one's saving themselves for the finish, mm. you know, so... Oh, and, mate, like, the the race this year, and unfortunately, I mean, as you know, we, we didn't have any live video coverage of it, so, you know, most people like myself are, are following along on Twitter, and it just looked like such an incredible race, like, attack after attack, and even for yourself, and, and this was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about, you know, sort of making a really strong attack towards the end, but then being caught um, and then dropped off the lead group on that last climb and yeah. you know and and at this point like i'm i'm speculating and and would love for you to correct me but i'm like man if if that's me i'm just like oh fuck you know the the whole plan's out the window like it, everything that we thought was going to happen is just different and you're riding pretty much on instinct and um and you you're trying to fight your way back to the group and and that sort of thing like like what are you thinking what are you doing in in that moment uh, yeah, I pretty much used the word that you used. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was swearing a bit in my head in that race. But um, on the one hand, you know, when I got dropped on that last climb, I, I did say, fuck, this is really bad. <laughs> um, I know that as good as Spratty and um, Shara are in that group, they can't sprint those other girls. It's just the way it is. And yep oh, shit, that was my job. <laughs> um, and on the other hand, I was like, well, you know what? I, I'm really happy with my attack that I did earlier. Mm. I think that made the race in a way, and I left it all out there. 
road with my heart on my sleeve and I can finish this race satisfied that I did the right thing. Um, yes, but then when I made it back to that group, I got all excited again, like, oh, yes, I, maybe <laughs> I can do this. So, yeah, it's, I learned the year before to um, the race isn't over until it's over. So you really just have to back yourself until you cross the finish line, not give up on yourself. I guess that's the the kind of what I was alluding to because uh, I I don't think I mean mercifully I'll never be in the position where anything like this happens to me in a race um, because I'm not a racer at all. Um, but if I were, I think the big challenge would be to stay calm in that situation. You know, you you have that initial reaction. Ah, this isn't you know what the plan was. But as you say, the race isn't over till it's over. So you know, you kind of just got to stay calm and keep going. Sorry, I just dropped out there for a <laughs> That's all right. Um, I was just saying, I, th I think, um, you know, the big challenge at, at that point is trying to stay calm and, and you know, believe that you're going to get back or, or whatever, yeah? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you just have to, I don't know. It's just so many strange emotions that you're in that race you forget about it so quickly straight away as well so um, just that's why I like writing about my races before I forget about them because you just think so many <laughs> things to yourself and so many swear words and so many fears <laughs> and doubts and I don't know it's awesome. you make the decision out on the road and you have to live with that too how was it I mean was, was there a lot of pressure for you going in as a team to go come it to you know cause it was the last race it was the last race of the champs and, you know, obviously you'd had all of you crashed in the crit. Um, well, were taken out in crashes in the crit, I should say. Yeah. Was it, I mean, was there, was there any team pressure to do well? Definitely, yeah. We, the team meeting was a bit tense the day before the road race. Like, okay, Gino was like, okay, girls, this is actually important now. We haven't won a jersey yet. I don't want to put pressure on you, but. <laughs> um, so, but here's yeah, a big pile we're of pressure. All nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was a, definitely probably the most pressure that we've felt for a while. Usually we, the Aussies say in the world championships, we're coming in as underdogs. So, you know, we're just trying to get the best result possible and um, ride as, as well as we can. But for something like the Nationals where we can win it, mm. for sure, we haven't won a jersey yet. It's, um, yeah, there was a lot of um, silence in those <laughs> 24 hours before the race, people going into their own little worlds of okay stay relaxed don't get too nervous mm. just chill mm. out and were you <laughs> feeling personally like any particular pressure as the defending champion from the previous year there was a strange mix of emotions um i was i had to do so many interviews the papers and magazine um, websites coming into the chance again are you going to win again and how's the team looking all this stuff. A few of the articles said, Gracie, aiming to be second person ever to win consecutive titles, and it was just all blown up more than I realised it was going to be, and that was my first real experience with that kind of exposure, and um, I don't know if that put more pressure on me, if um, I hadn't have done any of that kind of stuff, or if it was just myself, and I would have been just as nervous anyway. Mm. And maybe that's I what drove you... You win it once, and that's great, and not to worry about it again. But I really wanted to win it again, so yeah, it was a bit of pressure for myself. 
Cool. Well, speaking of pressure from yourself, then, what are what are your plans for uh, the rest of the upcoming season? Have you got particular races in mind that you're looking to do well in? Or I'm never going to be a, a fantastic climber, so um, I'm more of a strong rider, and I really love the classics. I love the history, and I love the courses, and I don't really love the weather, but I think it makes you tougher. <laughs> so um, one of my big career goals would be to win a spring classic so this year I'm going to give a really good crack at those races early on and to win Flanders would be my ultimate dream awesome awesome that would yes I support that dream that's an excellent dream (laughs) (laughs) and um, we've got to let you go because you've got to go and eat but before you do can you just tell us a little bit about Canberra and the Canberra cycling scene because you're a you're a kind of proud Canberraite aren't you I am I love it it's I reckon best place to ride a bike, best city to be a cyclist. We've got a bunch ride every morning, or at least three probably now. Um, the community is really close. We have racing all the time, and some of my best friends are cyclists now. And mm. I'm just always so excited to go back home and hang out with those people. And we spend as much time at the cafe after cycling as we do on the bike. And, yeah. Yeah, we all <laughs> hang out and have dinner with each other as well, and yeah, no, it, it does really seem fun. a really strong community um, in, in Canberra. In You know, we look at different parts of Australia. You know, we spoke to Monique Hanley recently about the work that Cycling Victoria are doing um, and have done um, on behalf of women cycling at, at all levels, and that's really impressive stuff. But Canberra seems distinct in that it's got this really sort of natural and organic kind of, like, actual community. Everyone knows everyone and gets on really well and has produced some amazing riders for Australia as a result. Yeah, there's definitely that um, concentration of um, good riders that come from Canberra. Um, I think it's because we all ride together and um, it's actually an advantage for me being a girl is because I train with the guys all the time and I just have to keep up with them. <laughs> it's like a race for me a few <laughs> times a week and I think that's so awesome and, and the guys don't mind that the girls are there either. They, they're not trying to drop us they're just trying to make us better and i think that's awesome as well that everyone wants to share it and everyone's happy when someone does well and they want to celebrate it with you and, and not be competitive about it so there's so many places to go there's a lot of women's groups there's a lot of older riders groups there's so many skill sessions going on and so many different levels of racing that you can do so it's it's really welcoming and, and everyone's always up for a chat and to meet new riders so who should who should we watch out for as the kind of um, well current Canberra Canberra riders and the future ones? Um, well, I'm really excited for Kimberly Wells this year. She spent all of last year in the US doing a lot of crits. She's going to ride for VM Futuroscope this year, the yeah. French team, and she's going to be one of the next best sprinters, I think. So this is her first Euro yeah. season, and I hope she goes well. She's actually been a bit. She's been a bit sick the last month or so. She's better now, but she's still taking it a bit easy. So hopefully by the Spring Classic, she'll be strong. And yeah, I'm excited for her to test out the European peloton. Cool. Mm. And, um, and I'm always a big fan of Chloe Hosky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're big fans of Chloe too. <laughs> 
indeed, indeed. Um, look, thank you for giving us uh, some time in the lead up to to racing, kicking off for you tomorrow, Gracie, and for stalling your lunch. Um, we don't want to keep you too long because we know how notoriously dangerous it is to leave cyclists with a buffet. Um, so uh, thank you for joining us and best of luck for this week and the rest of the season. Great, thanks yeah. so much, Mark, guys. And and if people want to follow you, Gracie, where are you on the internet? I'm on Twitter, um, at Gracie Elvin, just all lowercase. Um, I'm also on YouTube. I think you can search me as Gracie Elvin as well. I have to change my username, though. It's still the rookie roadie, so oh. I'm not so rookie anymore. anymore. <laughs> I have to come up with another name. Yeah. I vote Puppet Master just for the finger puppet replays. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I have definitely... that much control over the bunch yet, so I think it might be a bit presumptuous. <laughs> no, make it true. Like, claim it now and just tell everyone, and then I have you all on strings. <laughs> Power of intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> and where's your website? Uh, it says www.gracieelvin.com. Nice and easy. Excellent. And we'll put links to all the Gracie videos winning and being out in breaks and exciting things like that and her Ricky Rodeo videos on our site prowomenscycling.com Excellent. Um, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> thank you. And farewell.